Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. So this is an exciting time. I am actually just going to take a few seconds here and just kind of update you on what's been going on in my life. I'm actually been dedicating the last couple of weeks to mapping out what my summer schedule looks like, both in the business and personal life with the kids. Our oldest son, Mendel, will be turning 12 this month. He's actually going to sleepaway camp for eight weeks. So we're preparing for that. My kids will be in day camp this summer. We're looking at planning some getaways and vacations with the kids, maybe getting away just my husband and I. So that's kind of what's going on here at the home front in Florida at the Wolshansky house. So today's episode is a very different kind of episode. It was actually, I recorded this live. It is about a conversation that I've been having over the last several months with so many different clients and leaders in this community about the paradox of self-reliance and community this seemingly really visible paradox of our desire for freedom, our desire to be self-reliant, our desire to know that we are capable and confident and we could do hard things, and the paradox of needing to be part of a tribe, needing to ask for help, needing community in order to survive and thrive. And so today I really dive into all the different components from the upper levels of leadership where you feel like you're in the 1% of decision makers, all the way to the staff that are, you know, working and seemingly have their own tribe together. So this is a different kind of conversation, and I hope that you enjoy and take some insight and relevancy into just what the journey of life and leadership is all about. It's never this, you know, one answer, this myopic approach. There's all these different paradoxes and dichotomies that exist within the beautiful worlds of leading a team to excellence. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to today's live training. So I don't usually do live trainings anymore on Facebook because of the podcast. But when I was planning this podcast episode on the paradox of self-reliance and community, 
I thought about the impact of actually creating this podcast episode as a live streaming to give people a chance to be able to participate, be able to hopefully ask some questions and engage in the dialogue. So today's episode is the paradox of self-reliance and community. And the reason I chose this specific topic is because we have this desire for freedom, right? We have this incredible longing and desire to be free, to make our own choices, to look at things in a certain way, to be able to create our own discernment. And then in the exact same moment, we have this desire for community, right? We have this desire to belong to something bigger than ourselves, to connect with other people. And what I found in the last 9, 12 months is our quest for belonging has amped up in a way that I can no longer ignore. People are starving for human connection. People are really going after connecting with other human beings. They're no longer searching for tactics or for training. They want to connect to the human side of other leaders that are walking in the same shoes as them. So today's episode is going to be divided into a number of different parts. I'm going to talk about what self-reliance is as a leader for yourself. I'm going to talk about what self-reliance looks like in your staff. I'm also going to be talking about how to create that culture of belonging for yourself, how you can start to find belonging in the way that you need it. And I'm also going to explain how to create belonging in your community cultures. Again, this is going to be repurposed as a podcast episode. So if you're listening to this at the time of the recording, or if you're listening to this live, the reason I'm doing it live is because I want to be able to engage for those that have chosen to join us live. And for those that can, again, this is why we're recording it. So let's go into the definition of self-reliance. Okay. There's three parts to this. Number one is thinking independently. Okay, a big part of being a self-reliant human being is your ability to form your own opinions and thoughts and not getting wrapped up into groupthink, which is a huge issue that we're seeing in the world today. Number two in self-reliance is embracing your own individuality, right? Every single person is an individual, is unique, is created in its own way. And part of being a self-reliant leader is understanding how to embrace your own individuality. The third piece of self-reliance is striving towards your own goals, right? Your ability to make your own decisions, to create your own goals, to set your own mile markers and strive towards them, right? Create tangible plans that will get you towards your goal. So those are the three components of self-reliance. Now, why is it so important to understand why community and self-reliance create this paradox and why we want to be free but we also want to be connected. Currently in this season, we're in a pandemic of loneliness. What does that mean? Well, medical experts are actually comparing, okay? This is very interesting. The impact of loneliness to the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, okay? So the impact that loneliness has on a person's physical body is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It is worse than obesity. We They talk about people that live in isolation, people that are isolated, have a shorter lifespan, okay? Loneliness is the lack of meaningful connection with the people that you need in your life. That is what loneliness feels like, right? You are not connected and having meaningful connections, uh, not connected on Facebook, people that you need in your life. So what happens is in this loneliness is that you struggle to connect and find people who understand you, who can actually relate to your experience. You think you're the only one. 
right? Now, again, if you're live, just give me a yes in the comments. Like, yes, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one. This is actually a summer series that we're going to be releasing called You're Not the Only One. And we're going to be releasing a a three-part series with conversations and real stories with the real leaders so you can understand you're not the only one. You can believe in your heart and your soul when you hear these stories, you're not the only one that's going through these things. So that's an upcoming summer series. And if you are interested in connecting with that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified when we release them. So loneliness, I want you to take a few minutes here to reflect on, am I really feeling lonely, right? Sometimes we dismiss because we're in survival and we don't even take a moment to recognize, am I lonely, right? So the first thing to recognize in leadership is no one is coming to check on you or manage your workload. No one is taking care of you. No one is asking you, what did you do to fuel yourself today? No one is asking you, are you okay? right? You do this for your staff all the time, right? You're always asking your leadership team, are you okay? Do you need me to help you manage your workload? Did you take time to take care of yourself? Are you okay, right? No one's checking up on you, okay? So the first thing I want you to think about is where is this loneliness coming from, okay? Is the loneliness coming from this feeling of, you know what? I just need to get coffee with a couple of girlfriends, or I need a conversation with a mentor to make an important decision, or I need to, you know, just hang out with some friends and blow off some steam, right? Where is the loneliness coming from? If you think about the worst punishment that there is in prison, it's solitary confinement, right? It's being alone. And yet the people that are listening to this, who are in positions of leadership at the highest levels, You voluntarily put yourself into solitary confinement almost every day, right? Because the problems and challenges that you need to solve aren't solved by the teachers of your leadership team. You see, most people don't wake up trying to solve the same challenges as you. They don't. Most people are not waking up thinking about the issues and challenges that you need to solve. So even when you're sitting at a family gathering, you can feel isolated, right? Like, gosh, what are we talking about here? Like, this is not what's on my mind. Let's take it a layer deeper. Only 4% of businesses in America have revenue over the seven-figure mark, which means if you're a childcare owner and a school leader, you're already in a minority. And now take it even a layer deeper. If you are a childcare owner who's running a seven-figure company, and there are many, I work with a lot of them, you're from this tiny, tiny percentage of leaders on the planet. So you are breathing very different air than most people. So what does that mean? Okay. How do we address this? Right? Sometimes you'll go into conversation and the vast majority of people that you connect with cannot help you. The vast majority of people that leaders at a high level connect with cannot help them because they're not sitting in your position. There's no context to the experience to create connection. There's no context. And so without connection, you can't be vulnerable. And so what you're experiencing is this struggle for success, but other people don't understand this. And so there's this disconnection. You're like, do you understand? Do you not really understand? They don't have context to what you're going through. They don't understand the way that you make decisions. I remember I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I told her that she was asking like how I hire stuff like that. And I told her that I have this agency that I work with. And she's like, how much money does it cost to hire an employee? So I told her and she's like, oh my God, I would never spend that kind of money. And I remember laughing to myself and I was like, you don't understand the context why I invest that kind of money to make that kind of hire, 
right? We're playing at a different level. We're just playing at a different level. The mentorship and community that you need, you need to break down the proverbial tribal and geographical barriers because the chances of you finding this kind of community in your backyard are very rare. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find the type of community that you need at this level of leadership. When you are a childcare owner, when you are a childcare leader, you're sitting in the last 10% of leadership questions. You're not sitting in the tactical game anymore. So stop asking tactical questions. Your questions are, who's my next hire? Do I continue to spend my time here? What is the next business investment that catapults my growth? Why is this part of my culture making me uncomfortable? Is this the correct business model to continue to pursue? These are the most critical decisions and the ones that the vast majority of your current circle cannot help you with, right? This is why leadership is so challenging. The last 10% of leadership conversations are not about tactics. It's where you ask different questions. The last 10% of leadership is where you can send a text message to a friend or a colleague and you write, I need to fire someone. And she texts you back. I got you, girl. I have time at eight o'clock tonight. Call me. Those are not conversations you can have with your spouse or your pet or your kids, or your girlfriends. When you're sitting in this level of leadership and you need to make a fire, you need to talk to someone who's walked those shoes before. Because the person who's going to be on the phone with you is not just going to be there. They're also going to text back three hours later and check in on you. And then three days later and ask you, has the dust settled? Are you okay? You need people like that in your life. It's called creating community for yourself. When you're in leadership, you spend the vast majority of your energy with your team and your clients. And your families get the leftover, right? They get the fumes. Well, the fumes are not healthy. That's what I'm smelling right now from this fire. And so we look at our schedules. We look at all the things that we have to do and all the people we have to give energy to. And then we sometimes lie to ourselves. We say, but I have such a full schedule. It's amazing. It's full of all the things I love to do. Full schedules are not full lives. You can spend a whole day doing nothing and it could be really restorative and refueling for you. Or you can spend a whole day being so busy and so angry and exhausted and burnt out at the end of the day. So I want you to think about for a moment, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I need a different kind of community. I need to be asking different questions. I need to be in a community, period. This is one of the reasons why I created our owners group and our legacy mastermind for our highest tier of owners. And you can definitely check the link in the show notes for more information on that, on the community of owners that we have and the community of CEOs that we work with. So I want to move on right now and look at how do you start to create this community of self-reliance with your team, okay? Many of you look at yourselves as self-reliant and some of you want to learn how to start coaching your team to become more self-reliant, right? I say this often, you know, knowing how to do something for yourself is very different than knowing how to teach the skill to someone else. I know how to swim. I hired an instructor to teach my kids how to swim because having a skill of swimming and teaching someone how to swim are two very different things. And many times we conflict them, okay? It doesn't work that way because when you teach and coach effectively, you have to remove yourself from the situation because you're not teaching your experience. You need to teach the meta skill. You can't teach your child how to swim, right? You have to understand the foundations. What are the core skills? What are the ripple effect of the skills? What do I teach first? What skill do I teach next? When you know how to do something, you don't necessarily remember in order you learned all of the skills and how they scaffolded on each other or how it was taught. You just know, I know how to swim now. So now I want to dive into 
explaining why self-reliance and community are integral pieces to the long-term sustainability of your school, right? Because if you don't understand the paradox and then also why both are important, you're not going to make it a priority. So the first thing with self-reliance with our teams, okay, so now I'm, I'm moving into teams, is accepting yourself and being your own best friend, is being self-reliant right? Telling yourself the story that you can be your own best friend. Another component of self-reliance is the inner confidence, right? Not relying on others to feel good about yourself. So accepting yourself and being your own best friend and the inner confidence of not relying on others to feel good about yourself. Number three, making your own decisions. And number four, having your own values that guide you. So when you think about your staff and what they need, In order to have self-reliance, this is what they need. They need to learn how to accept themselves. They need to learn how to have this inner confidence. They need to learn how to make their own decisions. They need to learn how to have their own values that guide them. A school is a micro community. You need the individuals and the collective to work together for the bigger mission. You cannot build a micro community with one brain, one person leading and managing and making all decisions. You don't want helpers. Helpers need to be managed. You want leaders. Leaders make decisions. Leaders rely on their own inner confidence. They know how to lean on the team. So we need people that are self-reliant. And we also need people that know how to ask for help right? This is discernment. Discernment is one of the six meta skills that I teach inside our inner circle in our own HQ program. Discernment is a skill that helps directors and staff understand when they need to level up. Okay, here's where I actually, you know, make the decision on my own. And here's where I need to manage up. So many times our new leaders struggle with this, right? They come to us for some really silly decisions, but then they make their own decisions and certain things. And we're like, uh, you needed to ask me, right? So the first thing is, how do we start coaching this concept of self-reliance and building community? Well, number one is patience. Not every request will be responded to immediately. It's what we teach kids as an important practice of becoming an adult. You need to be patient. So are we modeling this skill in our team, the patience, right? Because one of the first things to understand in building this skill of self-reliance and discernment is that when everything is responded to and taken care of immediately, it increases anxiety when it isn't. I will explain that again. When you create a culture where everything is responded to and taken care of immediately, when it isn't, right? When you need the pause because you need time to discern and you need time to think because big decisions need time to think through things and increases your anxiety when it isn't like that. And then we create teams that have a learned helplessness, that don't have agency over their own life because someone else is always responsible for what's going wrong. And it also works the other way, right? When something is right, which is why they also struggle to celebrate wins and achievements because nothing belongs to me. When something goes wrong, you're responsible for it. When something goes right, it wasn't really my idea. So I don't really celebrate it. I had this conversation with an owner a couple of days ago, an owner and the regional manager, they operate four centers. And they're really struggling with ownership from their directors. Like really, really, the directors are really not owning their centers and being accountable. And we were really trying to get to the root of what was going on. And as I was listening to them share different scenarios and different things that are going on, I realized that at the root of it, what's happening is something will go wrong in one of the classrooms and they'll wait for the directors to take care of it and the directors won't. And then they'll swoop in and just take care of it. And I said, do you see what's going on here? The directors have already learned. They don't need to have difficult conversations with the teachers. They don't need to hold the teachers accountable because they're not accountable. Something will go wrong in the center and they'll just wait until you come fix it. They did not like hearing that. And that was a very difficult conversation because we ended the call. They were not happy because 
both of them were really deeply disturbed by recognizing that they are at the core of a lot of the issues that are happening in the center where they have created a lack of accountability because they just go to take care of it themselves. They'll come around, but it was an interesting reckoning. So patience as the first thing, right? Patience. The next thing is we want them to be the self-reliant, right? Part of being self-reliant is the other side of being self-reliant is we take pride in, I don't need anyone. I got this. I don't need to ask for help. I hustled and grinded my way through life and figured it all out myself. So I don't need to ask anyone. I don't want to burden anyone in asking for help. I don't want to be considered needy. Any of these resonate with you, right? This is a paradox. This is the other side of self-reliance, which is I don't need anyone. I got this. I don't need to ask for help. I don't want to be a burden to other people. I don't want to be perceived as needy. So I want to explain the difference between asking for support and being needy. Very different things. And it's really important for you to understand that as a leader, okay? A needy person asks the same question again and again in different ways because they really don't want to change. What they're doing is they want you to understand and prove to you, my situation is so unique and so special and so different. And that is why no one has been able to solve it until now. And no one will ever be able to help me. And that is why I'm in the loop that I'm in. They want their problems to be unique so that they don't have to take responsibility. Because if my problem is so unique and so different, well, of course, that's why we haven't figured it out until now. That's why I don't have to take responsibility for this. When we go through loss sometimes and we experience something like losing a parent, the loss of a child, death of a spouse, we think no one's ever going to understand me. And there might be people in your community right now in your circle of friends that won't. But there is a group of people who have lost a child, who have lost a parent, who have had the death of a spouse, who could connect with you, who do understand your situation. And yes, their situation might not be exactly the same way, but you're connecting to the emotion. You're connecting to the story. That is a person who is seeking connection and support and not neediness. Neediness is you keep asking the same thing because you're looking for reassurance. My problem is so different. That's why I'm still suffering. And that's how we keep telling ourselves, I don't have to figure this out because my situation is so crazy. But people that are looking for support, they say, how do I figure this out? Who do I ask for help? Who can help me get clarity? When I have a problem in my business, the first thing I do is I ask who can help me? Who can help me? I don't say, how do I figure this out on my own? Because when I have little problems, I just figure them out. When I have a bigger issue, a big decision, the first thing I do is who in my circle can help me get context and clarity to the problem that I'm experiencing. I immediately turn to community and I am not a needy person because I don't ask for help in a needy way right? Now, I'm not talking about, oh, the soup overflowed. Help, somebody help me. Go get towels, wipe it down, turn down the fire. We're good, right? We conflict like little issues like soup overflowed, towel, turn down fire to we need to make a really big decision about a pivot we need to make in the business. Go ask wise counsel, lean on community because in community, you will get perspective to pull you out of the anxiety and the viral loop of thoughts that you've created in your head. And in community, they will guide you to ask the right questions. Is that the problem you're even trying to solve? Is that the correct filter to use when making that decision? They will give you perspective. We need to be self-reliant. We need to have our own opinions. We need to have our own thoughts. We need to learn how to be our own best friends. We need to learn how to lean on ourselves. And we have to learn how to ask for help and lean on community. 
So let's go deeper. Why community? When we're talking about big things in life, they're not projects, okay? Your school culture is not a project. Marriage is not a project. Raising your kids is not a project. It's a practice in your life. It's your life's mission. Well, when something is a life's mission, it's ongoing. It's never like, oh, I solved the culture problem. We're good. Never got to deal with that again. Solved that problem with that kid. Oh, we're never going to have issues with raising our kids again. What? Seriously? It doesn't exist. The relationships that stand the test of time are the ones that have the ability to evolve and reinvent themselves. Think about a marriage. People are married for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. It's the evolution of the person and who they are as a couple. They're constantly rewriting their story. Esther Perel has an amazing quote that she talks about. Uh, For those who are not familiar with her work, she is a relationship and intimacy expert. She's incredible human being. She's got two podcasts. I'm an avid follower of her work. And one of the things she talks about in with marriage is she says, most people will have more than one intimate relationship in their life. Most people will have more than one intimate relationship, more than one marriage in their life. And many of them are going to do it with the same person. And she explains, it's not you're married and then you get divorced and then you get remarried to the same person. That's not what she's talking about. She's talking about the evolution of the couple. You get married maybe in your 20s, but when you're in your 30s, your marriage is different. When you're in your 40s, your marriage should evolve and be different than it was in your 20s. When you're in your 50s, I hope your relationship looks different than it did when you were 25. You're 25 years older. So relationships that stand the test of time evolve and reinvent themselves. Schools that stand the test of time can evolve and reinvent themselves. And the only way you can do that is if individuals are constantly re-evolving, reinventing themselves. And if the leader at the top is constantly growing and evolving and bringing the community with her or with him, success is earned every day. You cannot rely on yesterday's success. Every time I get up to speak, right? I always tell myself, I'm only as good as my last speech. It doesn't matter if two weeks ago I gave a great presentation, but today I was off my game and the presentation wasn't as good. It doesn't matter. You're only as good as your last speech. If you're a speaker, I'm only as good as my last podcast. So you can't rely on, oh, but I did these three amazing podcasts. So forever that should be good. Well, no, I've released amazing podcasts. I've done amazing speeches and that's great. And that sits as part of my reputation, but I want to continue to build my reputation. I want to continue to evolve as a leader. Well, I'm only as good as the last thing that I just did. These things are complex, right? It's very hard for these things to coexist together. And so we need to learn how to lean on community and realize that we're not alone and we're not crazy, but we also need to know how to rely on ourselves. So I want to bring some things here together. And I want to leave you with this. When we're stuck in our stories, our mind is trying to protect us. And so the ego wants to make our story unique to us. The ego wants us to believe I'm the only one that's struggling with staffing. I'm the only one that's having a hard time hiring. I'm the only one that has turnover. I'm the only one that has this problem. I'm the only one who had someone walk out on them. I'm the only one who can't hire directors. I'm the only one who doesn't have a profit margin yet. I'm the only one who hasn't recovered from COVID yet. I'm the only one, only, 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 only fill in the blank. Why? Why does the ego do that? Because the ego wants to make this story unique to you. Nobody has this level of difficulty. 
it gives us the excuse to stay stuck. It's only happening to me. That's why there's no answer. It's only happening to me. That's why there's no answer. That's why you got to get out of yourself and go lean in community. Because the moment you do is the moment you realize you are not alone. You are not alone. Me too. I just recently spoke at the ALL conference and I did two sessions. And one of the exercises that I did was having people at the group table connecting with one another. And when I asked people to share their insights of the exercise, everyone kept saying the same thing. I'm not alone. Me too. She said this. I'm also going through this. She said that. I'm also going through that. Me too. I'm not alone. When our minds know we're not alone, the creative side of our brain can open up and start seeing options and possibilities and other avenues for growth and success. So I want to leave you with a couple of things. Number one, if you're an owner, if you're an executive, you need to remember that you're solving the last 10% of leadership. You're sitting in that 10%. When you're sitting in that 10%, you have to surround yourself with the right community of people, or you're going to keep asking the same tactical questions. The second thing is, We need self-reliance. We need to trust our own opinions, our own decisions. We need to be our best friend. And then we also need to learn how to ask for help, not from a place of neediness. I once asked my coach, my business mentor, Todd Herman, I work with him for about six years now. And he and I, we talk all the time. And one of the things we're talking about is, you know, this evolution of just our coaching and mentoring relationship. And one of the things that he was saying was, He's like, every time I talk to you, I'm so happy to solve any of the problems that you bring to me. And I'm like, why? Why, when I bring you an issue, are you happy to help me? And he's like, because I know you're going to take action. I know that when I give you advice, you're going to go take action and you're going to report back to me. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. People want to help. It's intrinsic. It's a part of our humanity to get up and help and support other human beings, to link arms with each other. But people don't want to help people who don't want to be helped themselves right? When you're in this position of leadership and you have a teacher or you have a director who keeps coming to you with the same issue, it's exhausting. But when you have a director who brings issues to you, but she's like, Hey, can you help me with this? And you give her an idea. She goes, she executes, she comes back. Hey, I did this, this worked, this didn't work. Can you give me a different idea? You are more than happy to share all your experience and all your ideas with her because she executes this differentiation between neediness and support as a powerful reflection for yourself also. Do you come across as needy when you lean into community? And that's why you don't have your community yet. And how can you learn to start to show up from a place of wanting support and adding value to the community versus just taking? And the last thing is looking at your team and asking yourself, are we a micro community? Are we a community that shows up for each other? Are we a community that can lean on one another? Are we a community that will go to bat for the other person? Are we that kind of community? Do we know what's going on in each other's lives? Or are we each so committed to being independent and self-reliant that we forget that we also need other people? Life is a circle of life. Sometimes you're at the top and you're the person that's giving and taking care of everyone. And then life moves and sometimes you're here and you need support, but it keeps on moving. You're never always in the position to help. Sometimes you're the one that needs help. Are there going to be people that are ready to support you because you've also given value and shown up for them in their moments of need? This pandemic has created so much loneliness and isolation and so much self-preservation. I need to take care of myself. I need to make sure I'm okay. I need to do this. I need to do this. And we're seeing the impact of it. You cannot build a micro community when every person is only thinking about themselves and only fending for themselves and self-preserving and making sure, am I okay? Do I have everything I need? Look over and say, does this person have what they need? Does this person need something? Oh, this person's standing. They don't have a seat yet. Let me invite them to the table. 
pulling ourselves out of our self-preservation. And that's the question I want you to sit with. I want to invite you to sit with. Am I staying in survival and self-preservation and just relying on myself? Like, I got this. I got to hustle through this. Or can I pull myself out and do that by leaning in community and leaning in with other people who are so happy to link arms with me? I want to wish you all an amazing day. I want to thank you all for joining me here live for those of you that joined me live. And I want to invite all of you for whoever is interested in leaning into community in wanting more training and looking for mentorship and support. We have incredible programs, our directors in our circle, our owners HQ, our CEO legacy group. You can grab the link in the show notes, put the link inside of here as well and apply and see if it's right for you. See if this is the right community and the right place for you to take your leadership to the next level. All right. Thanks so much for joining me. Wishing you all an amazing, amazing day. Take care. So there you have it. The paradox of self-reliance and community. So for today, I would really love to continue the conversation in our Facebook group, the Schools of Excellence Lounge. If you are not yet a member, you could click the link in the show notes where you can join us there. It's our free Facebook group community. And if you are a member, I would love for you to join us in the dialogue. We'll have a post in there to continue the conversation. We'd love to hear what insights did resonated with you from today's conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by the directors in our circle and our owners HQ program, which is our flagship programs for early childhood directors, owners, and executive leaders with training, coaching, and community to build their school of excellence. If you have been looking for a community, if you've been looking for professional development for yourself, for you as the leader, not for your staff, for you, for you to become a better leader, for you to learn the skills, for you to have a higher level peer group and support community to take you to that next level, click the link in the show notes for more information and to apply for our programs. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.